0: and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast with me, Johnny McFarlane. On this episode, my guest is Perry Sykes, who's an analyst for Football Radar and is an expert on Norwegian football. Here we look at in detail Celtic's upcoming opponents in the European Champions League qualifier, Rosenberg. We talk about their strengths and weaknesses, as well as the players to look out for. When you think of Rosenberg, you think of their incredible team in the late 90s and early 2000s. What's the reality of where they're at right now?
1: Well it's it's far from that. They're far from their sort of nineties heyday um where they were playing against the likes of Milan and Madrid in in the Champions League. Um they they've fallen fallen quite far. They they went for a really tough stage a couple of years ago where they were having lots of money problems and uh Ronnie Daler was, was storming up the league with Godset and they were really struggling, but they seem to have found uh, a more stable financial footing now and they're, they're steadying the ship. They've won the double in Norway, uh, the last couple of years, but they're, they're certainly not the, the almost, almost the European powerhouse they were back in the 90s. They're, they're far more, uh, far more kind of focused on the Norwegian League and the Norwegian Cup and anything they can get out of Europe, they'll take, but it, it it's not a priority at the moment. Um, they're, I mean, last last year, for example, they went out to uh, Apoel Nicosia in the uh, Champions League at the same stage. They'll face Celtic, and then they went out of the European Europa League qualifiers against Austria Vienna. Um, and bo- both both times, they deserved to go out of those games. They were outplayed um, by those teams. Uh, so yeah, yeah, they're they're not they're not the fearsome side that they want, once were. That's for sure.
0: Do they have a strategy to get back to where they were?
1: Oh, uh, that's a good question um, and one I've asked myself actually i think I think they do I think they're focusing on trying to bring through uh Scandinavian talents. There's very little focus on uh sort of scouting outside of uh Scandinavia. I think they do they cast some envious eyes at um the project over at Celtic and some of the some of the young guys that uh they're bringing through and bringing up through the leagues. Uh, they they do, they do have a strategy and they, they are in control of the Norwegian league and the Norwegian Cup. Their, their stranglehold on that is quite firm, although they have been tested this season. They've looked, looked really poor um, on occasions this year. Um, and yet are still five points clear of the league, which I think uh, kind of sums up how they're going. Um, they've got a manager in Coringa Britson who maybe is, isn't at the forefront of... Uh, of tactical knowledge but he he's he's a safe pair of hands like I they steadied the ship and he's got them back to where they should be in Nor- norway terms um but i think yeah it's very much a very much a focus on just steadying things down at the moment and then hopefully in a couple of years starting to starting to branch out and look for take more risks on bringing players in and Uh, using play and spending more money on players but the problem is that's what got them into their financial issues in the first place so they'll they'll be looking to improve and they need to progress in Europe to make that happen Um, but that looks unlikely this year.
0: What about playing style what can we expect to see from Rosenberg when they come to Celtic Park?
1: Um, I think it's going to be going to be a bit of a culture shock for them because they're so dominant in the league that generally they have to take control of the games and they have to they have to press and push forward and they're up against two banks of four. Um whereas at Celtic at Parkhead I expect them to be a lot more defensive. I expect them to to sit in. Um they'll try and keep the ball. They've got a couple of really good ball players uh in the middle of the park. I'm sure they'll be looking for set pieces as well. They've got um they're very strong in the air. Um, and I think they will They will sit back, they'll push their full-backs on when they can, um, but I think certainly at Parkhead it will be very much um, sit back, take the pressure, hopefully nick an away goal, and then take them back to Lurkendal and see what they can do there.
0: How's this draw viewed in Norway? Is this seen as a manageable tie or an extremely tough draw? Oh
1: yeah, that, definitely, definitely the latter. It's definitely seen as a a tie that um they don't expect to come through. Um it's it's not necessarily a glamour tie, um, but it's it's certainly seen as at the trickier end of the draw. I think there's a lot of um like I say, a lot of envious eyes at Rosenberg looking at the uh looking at the Celtic project at the moment and um they they're kind of that's that's where they that's where they want to be um that's where they aspire to be, but it, it looks it looks a fair way off now. And I don't think many people are confident of coming through of Rosenborg progressing at all. I think they're already looking at teams they can get in the Europa League uh, playoff. Um So yeah, I, I don't think there's a huge amount of confidence um, at yeah. all.
0: Looking at the Rosenborg squad, the name that stands out is Nicholas Bentner because of his association with. UK football, obviously playing for Arsenal. But is there any other players in there that we maybe haven't heard of who might pose a threat to Celtic?
1: Um, there's, there's a couple. Nicholas Benton is has been anything but their standout player this year. He's uh, he's he's struggled to struggled to find a find a role in the team. He drops drops deep a lot, and he's he's not the focal point that everyone thought he would be uh, when he arrived. Um, there's there's a couple of names. Uh, Mike Jensen has been one of the best kind of centre mid attacking midfielder. he's been one of the best players in Norway now for three or four years he's a he's a brilliant little tenacious number 10 whose delivery can can cause problems he's very very tricky in the number 10 role uh Frederick Metsho his partner who might play on the wing depending on injuries against Celtic he's he's been linked with uh the Eredivisie um with R Z. he's uh he's another really good little player a bit of a he likes to dribble carry the ball forward um break the lines and play little passes in but the problem is he's play, they play passes into Nicholas Bentner who's not going to run in behind and he's not going to be have that burst of pace um that, that those two players benefit from and then at the back Andre Hansen is a is the best keeper in Norway by by a country mile he's a um national team player Tora Reginusen is a good very good centre half as well but the, but there's the on None of none of these players would start for Celtic. Would be my uh, assessment of of comparing the teams. Uh, they've got got some good players. They've got the best team in Norway, and it's it's a solid, stable team. But there's nothing there that that Celtic should be worried about. I don't think.
0: The second leg is obviously in Trondheim. What can the fans expect going out there? What's
1: the pitch
0: like? What's the stadium
1: like? That that's that's one. One of the best things about uh, Rosenborg this season has been their fans and the noise they make. It is, it's a very good atmosphere. It's the best atmosphere in Norway by a country mile. And on European nights, it is a fearsome place to go on occasions. The, p- the pitch is fine. It's dodgy at the start of the season, but it's looked, looked fine over the last, last couple of games. Um, but yeah, it's gonna, it's, it's gonna be a tricky, tricky affair. Um, for Celtic coming over, I would say there's always a lot of noise. There's always, lots of chanting and stuff, but it's not not going to be equivalent to sort of Eastern European uh, grounds where it can be intimidating. I don't think it's going to have that much of an effect, but it'll be fun and it's it's a good away day for the fans as well. Um, it's a good place to go, Trondheim. So I think it'll it'll be a, be a good game at Lurkendal, but I have a sneaking suspicion the tie's going to be over by then anyway.
0: Just to get a sense of the size of the club that Rosenberg are, what sort of... Money are they spending on transfer fees and wages and things like that?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean it won't won't be anywhere won't be anywhere near Celtic. Um then there's maybe I don't know if he's their highest paid player, but he'll be on around ten grand a week and then I think Mike Jensen will be on maybe a bit more, Helan maybe as well. But that that'll be kind of the top level. Um and they'll spend, I think they spent uh eight hundred grand, nine hundred grand on Alexander Gersbach, who's a young Australian left back. But they'll rarely spend, uh, upwards of a million pounds, uh, on players and certainly they're being linked with a couple of, a couple of players for, for that money at the moment, but, but nothing more than that. They've nowhere near got the financial muscle, um, that Celtic have.
0: Just finally, obviously, Rory Dial is back managing in Norway. We're just wondering how he's getting on to keep the Celtic fans up to date.
1: He's certainly been fun. He's not really got the playing stuff to to play the way that, that he wants to play. You can see there's been signs that his his style is starting to starting to be implemented but they're still struggling a little bit for, um, to find that fluency that, that Ronnie would like them to have. I think he's going to have a big, big window. Volleringer are moving into a new stadium soon and they're, they can challenge for Europe and they can challenge for medals and they'll be, they'll be hoping that they can, uh, that they can get up into the top three and get European football. But he's, he's been a brush of fresh, uh, fresh, air, a breath of fresh air. Sorry. He, he goes down the pub every Friday before games and speaks to the fans and sees what their concerns are and stuff like that. He's, yeah, and on the field, he's he's starting to show signs that he's coming good. It's still still early days for him, and I think that maybe the, the so job scarred him a little bit in terms of how he felt he was viewed on the world stage. And then he's gone back to Volarenga, and he struggled a little bit. Everyone's looking at them obviously because it's Ronnie Daly and because he's the prodigal son returning. But uh, there's there's signs that they're starting to climb the table. He said that anything other than European football would, would be a bad season for them and they're just about on course to attain that, just about, depending on how their form is after the transfer window closes. It's, it's good to have him back and it's, I think he, he does need to rebuild his reputation a little bit and Bollering is a good club, club based in Oslo, like I say, new stadium, bit of money flowing around there, decent team, so hopefully he can get them climbing the table and, uh, get out of Norway again and, take on another project
0: Perry Sykes thank you very much for joining me
1: lovely thank you very much
0: that's it for this episode for all the up to the minute news follow the record sport on Twitter like us on Facebook or visit us at thedailyrecord.co.uk we'll be back shortly with all the latest talking points from Celtic Park Lennox Town and beyond if you want to get the podcast as soon as they go online please subscribe at iTunes Audioboom or any other good podcasting platform thanks for listening